Welcome to the Nen Valley Vineyard podcast. What you're about to listen to is some teaching from our Sunday services. We're a church made up of people from Wellingborough through to Oundle spread across the Nen Valley and beyond. If you want to know more about us or find out how to get involved, visit our website, which is nenvalley.church, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Nen Valley Vineyard. Good morning, everybody. My name is Angie, and I'm John's wife, if you've probably just gathered that. And today we're going to be continuing with um, our series on the Holy Spirit. And our subject today is the river. In the Bible, we see various examples of what the Holy Spirit is like. We saw when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Peace, gentle, sensitive. Then at the day of Pentecost, we saw that the Holy Spirit came like a rushing mighty wind, powerful, and fire, purity. But today we're going to look at the river. And I'm going to ask Carrie, if she would, to come and read for us Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 to 9. The men brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me round the outside to the outer gates facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Thank you very much, that's excellent. Where the river flows, everything will live. The one thing that we need to live is fresh water. And we are very blessed in this country to be able to have clean water out of a tap because there are many places where they have to walk and and just collect dirty water. So water means life. And there's such a lot to learn from this passage about the river. 
So where, first of all, does the river come from? Well, we read in, verse, in the first verse, the water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. And the first thing to say is we can trust the river of the Holy Spirit because he comes from a place of sacrifice. You see, if Jesus had not died on the cross for us out of his great love, if he had not made that sacrifice, we would not be able to have the Holy Spirit. So the, the river, the Holy Spirit, comes from a place of love. In John's Gospel, in chapter 19 and verse 34, do you remember that when Jesus died on the cross, to check that he was dead, the Roman soldier pierced his side with a spear. It says, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. And there's symbolism in that. The blood that Jesus shed on the cross was so that we could be forgiven. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Jesus had to shed his blood to pay for our wrong thoughts, actions, and all the things that we do. We can't make ourselves right with God. Only Jesus could make the way for us to be right. So he shed his blood, but out of his side also, there came water, the river, symbol of the Holy Spirit, because it would have been wonderful if Jesus had just died on the cross, said, there you are now, you're all cleaned up, get on with it. Well, we couldn't get on with it because it's impossible to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in us to help us get rid of those wrong thoughts and attitudes that we harbor. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us and to bring us back to Jesus when we've done wrong so that we can be forgiven. We need the Holy Spirit's power because our own willpower will never cut it. And that is why Jesus had to leave the Holy Spirit for us. And he promised his disciples before he went away that he would give them the Holy Spirit. They didn't want him to go, but as a man in a body, he could only be in one place at once. But if he died on the cross, rose again from the dead and went back to his father, he promised us he would send the Holy Spirit, his advocate. So in John 16, 7, he said to the disciples, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. They didn't, wouldn't have seen it like that at the time. Unless I go away, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. So Jesus died, rose again, went back to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. And each one of us who's received Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord has the Holy Spirit living in us to help us live this Christian life that we are called to lead. But the river comes from a place of sacrifice. So we can trust the Holy Spirit because he's come from Jesus. He's come from that place of sacrifice. So he's absolutely trustworthy and he empowers us. But I want us to consider again, if we go back to Ezekiel 47, where is the river going? And this is a very important point. Where is the river going? If we we read in the passage that the river 
flowed into the Dead Sea. Now, Jan and Adrian have recently been to the Dead Sea, and they tell me it's very salty, and you can't stand up once you lie down without help. But it's, is it full of fish? No. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. The clue's in the name. It's the Dead Sea. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. But where the fresh water of the river flowed in this passage, it says that this salt water, this Dead Sea, became fresh and fish were able to live in it. So where is the river going? Well, in this passage, the river is going to the Dead Sea. But what I want us to understand is that the Holy Spirit comes to the church and he lives in each one of us. And yes, we have times when he's poured out upon us. We see people healed. We see the Holy Spirit touch our hearts. We see the Holy Spirit make us know and feel the presence of God in a powerful way. But that's not his destination. That is not where he is going. He's not just coming to the church to bless us so we can say, do it again, Lord, and have another good meeting. That's not what he is about. The river is going to the places that are dead. In other words, he is going to the world. And sometimes I think that maybe we so enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit that we all we can all gather, and this has happened perhaps at times throughout history when people have gathered and there's been a wonderful outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but he's going somewhere. He's not just here for us to have a blessed time. If you think about it, in Acts, do you remember in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit fell on them like fire and rushing mighty wind? And they all started to speak in other languages. They didn't say, oh, this is great. Let's just stay in this upper room and enjoy being able to speak other languages. In fact, they couldn't because people heard them. What happened was Peter, who'd been the one that had denied Jesus, got up and he shared the good news about Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit came. The river flowed into that upper room, but he flowed out from the upper room so that people could know the good news about Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit is poured out on us, when we receive the life of Jesus, God wants us to give it away, to be part of that river flowing. Psalm 84 talks about being pilgrims, it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And we are those pilgrims. If we belong to Jesus, we are on a pilgrimage with Jesus throughout our earthly life. We're going to be with him ultimately. But whilst we're on this pilgrimage, we, because we live in the world, will pass through dry, arid places. And our purpose 
our job that Jesus has for us to do, to partner with him in bringing the river of life to those dark places, to those places where there is death. And everywhere we go, because we have the Holy Spirit, we carry him. So when we go to work, we take the Holy Spirit. When we go shopping, we take the Holy Spirit. That is who we are. We are the people of the Spirit, and we can take the Holy Spirit. Let's Think of what Jesus said in John 7. He called, he said, come to me, didn't he? On the last and greatest day of the, the feast, of the festival, John 7, 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Rivers of living water will flow up. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we can keep asking God to fill us. But as we as we are filled, those rivers of living water bubble up and come out. We're full of the joy of knowing Jesus as our Savior. We're full of the life of the Holy Spirit. And as we go around in this world, that, that Holy Spirit in us bubbles up, bubbles up and out. We, like Jeremy was saying about the brick, we're not meant to be clogged up. We need to ask Jesus to cleanse us from the things that clog us up and allow the Holy Spirit to bubble up and out. Rivers of living water coming up from within us because that is who we are created to be. But there's more. So the river comes from a place of sacrifice. The river is going to the dead places. And we always, we all have a part to play in that. But there's something else about the river. And this is a challenge for us today. I hope you're up for a challenge. I've been challenging myself. And I'm going to be challenged along with you. Because let's look at the river that Carrie read about for us. It says that, the man measured with his measuring line, and he led me through water that was ankle deep. Then he measured off some more, and it was knee deep. And then it was up to his waist. But finally, the river was so deep, he couldn't put his feet on the bottom anymore. Now, it's lovely being in water that's ankle deep. Last year, we looked after our grandchildren, and our daughter had got them a paddling pool. And it was lovely to just dabble your feet in the water. And in the end, we got in. Uh, I don't know what the children were doing, but we were sitting in the paddling pool. It was lovely and refreshing. I think um, one was playing on the Xbox, and I think the other one was outside with us. But it's refreshing. And sometimes, when we we're with Jesus and we're in a meeting. It's lovely to be just in up to your ankles, just feeling the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. And then we might venture in a bit deeper. So we might be knee deep and we think, oh yeah, well, this is good. But have you ever been to the seaside and decided you were going in the sea 
And we did this last year. So you, you walk into the sea and you're up to your ankles and it's a bit cold, but we'll venture in a bit deeper and then you get in up to your knees and then you get to the point where you're up to your waist and you, you're sort of committed then. So there, there you are, you're half in and you're half out. So what are you going to do now? There's a choice now. You've either got to go all in or you've got to come out again. And that's a vivid picture to me of the Holy Spirit. You see, we can be half in and half out. We may, some of us might, I don't know your hearts, you know. Some of us might be up to our ankles. We might just have started coming. We might just be dabbling around in the shallows. Some of us might be a bit further and deciding whether we're going to commit. And some of us are half in and half out. But we have to make that choice. There comes a point of choice. Are you going to go deeper into the river? That's very, very simple. But what, what does that mean for us? Well, I'm not much of a swimmer. I mean, some of you, I'm sure, throw yourself into deep water and thoroughly enjoy it. But I like to be able to know that I can put my feet down because I just don't like it. I don't like it. And we can be like that with the Holy Spirit. We, can, we want to put our feet down. We don't want to get into water that's in over our heads because that means that we are no longer in control and that sounds like a bad thing, doesn't it? But remember where the river comes from. The river comes from that place of sacrifice and love. So we can absolutely trust the river because he's for us. And so when we get in over our heads, what it means is we are all in. Do you want to be all in? Do you want to commit yourself totally to Jesus? Do you want to commit yourself totally to the Holy Spirit and let him have his way? Do I in my life? And that can be scary because, as I said, it's like we're losing control. So what does that look like then in practical terms then? If we're going to commit ourselves totally to the Holy Spirit, yes, it means I'm out of my depth. You've often heard the expression, I'm out of my depth. Well, that's exactly where God wants me, I've discovered. If I'm out of my depth, like when I'm up here teaching, I'm in a much better place than if I think I can do it. I need to be out of my depth because if the Holy Spirit doesn't do it, if God doesn't show up, then I'm in a mess. But if we go out of our depth, he will not let us down. He is good and he will work his purposes out in us. He needs people that he can use who are prepared to be out of their depth. Now, practically, that might look like um, the Holy Spirit prompting you to speak to somebody, to offer to pray for somebody who's sick, to start up a conversation about Jesus. But our feet want to go to the bottom again because we don't really want to step out into that because what if they think we're stupid what if I pray for them and nothing happens well you've got to be prepared to take that risk I love um the other week Ash mentioned Jordan Seng from the church in Honolulu 
And I heard a talk from him a couple of weeks ago. You know, they had that film, Life of Pi, where his talk was entitled Life of Try. And he encourages everyone in his church to try. You know, if you think God's saying to go and speak to somebody, give it a try. And they do this to such an extent in their church that they give out awards for failure. And one year, he won the trophy. The pastor of the church, he tried, he had an attempt at witnessing to somebody, and I don't know the details of what happened, but it went spectacularly wrong. So they gave him the trophy because he tried. And it's, it's as simple as we can all be triers. We can all try. And sometimes we will get it wrong. But, you know, the Lord loves a trier. And if we're, we're hearing the Holy Spirit and we're doing what he says, God just loves that. You see, he will always carry us through. And what's, what's the problem? I mean, if we look a fool, well, do we really need to bother that much about our reputation? Because I seem to remember that Jesus said, blessed are you, no, woe to you, rather, when all men think well of you. So sometimes if we talk about Jesus, people are not going to think well of us. So let's just give him our reputation. Doesn't matter. It's Jesus's reputation that's more important. Sometimes, yeah, it's scary. I I shared the other week that um, God told me to pray for a lady who had a migraine, and he he actually told he he gave me a real heads up. He was very kind to me that time because he told me that if I prayed for her, she'd get healed. So after a bit of argy bargy, sort of put my feet on the bottom and trying take and taking them off again. I did actually pray for her and nobody was more surprised than me when she was instantly healed of this migraine. Other times I've um I remember a time I was in a, a cafe in, in Whitby and um, I could hear these ladies talking and I thought, oh, they sound like Christians because I've heard them mention a church leader that I'd heard of. So I I spoke to one of the ladies and she said, yes, I am a Christian. And in fact, I've got a word for you. And that was a great blessing to me. So sometimes when we step out and do what God is telling us to do, then we can have an amazing blessing. Now, obviously, she was a Christian and she was doing what the Holy Spirit said. But if I hadn't given her that opening, I might never have received that word and been blessed by it. So... Being out of your depth can look like praying for somebody when you're bit, you think, oh, no, I don't do that. It can be sharing the gospel with somebody, speaking to a total stranger. Um, I was at a concert last night and I started up a conversation with a lady next to me. I didn't know her. And John said, you're speaking to that woman. But I just do things like that. And it gets easier as you do it. And the, the point is that as we do these things... As we do these things, we will hear the voice of God. You know, somebody said God shouts at his enemies, but he whispers to his friends. And if we are open to hear the whisper of God, then we can do more than we can ask or imagine because he does it in us. We don't do it. And it's the challenge today is to get out of your depth in the river. It's quite a challenge. It means different things for different people. But ultimately, 
It's are we going to trust the Holy Spirit? Are we going to listen for the whisper of his voice? Are we going to be prepared to put our reputation, looking an idiot, I've done with that, I've done some stupid things in my life, so I still try and put my feet on the bottom, but it never works, so I just have to trust God and do it. The choice is to stay half in, half out, or to get in. I read a book by Tommy Tenney, who you may have heard of. He's an American preacher, and he wrote a book called The God Chasers. And he, in his church, they go very much for the presence of God. And um, in one, I, I can't remember much about the book now, and I don't know what's happened to my copy of it, but the title of one of the chapters was Shall We Gather at the River, which I think is the title of a hymn, or shall we just jump in? And I think that's the challenge for me, and it's the challenge for all of us today. Are we going to gather at the river, or are we going to jump in? And that, that's our choice. That's our choice. There's a choice to be made. We have the Holy Spirit, but are we going to give him full sway? Are we going to get in out of our depth believing that if we're prepared to do that, he will use us. So, you're going to gather at the river or are you going to jump in? That's your choice and my choice today. Because where the river goes, there's life. And we can bring life if we're prepared to jump in. And that's, that's really the word for today, that Jesus wants us to consider, and I just think we could just do a bit of business in our hearts now with God and ask him, where are we, where am I, as regards the river? Am I paddling on the edge? Am I half in, half out? Or have I jumped right in? Are you all in today? So let's just wait for the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you and to show me. Father, believe that we all really desire in our hearts to be all in the river because we want to see our families, our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues and our nation saved. We want to be the ones who bring life, the river of life. But sometimes we're a bit scared to jump right in. So Father, will you come and help us Will you just come and show us where we are in the river and help us to renew again our commitment to jump in the river and not just gather by the river. Thank you, Lord. Well, thanks so much for listening to this teaching from Nen Valley Vineyard. We pray it blesses you and produces good fruit in you. If we can connect to you or help you engage with our community, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us via our website, which is nenvalley.church. <laughs>